Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, along with Anthony. This is episode number 86 of the Sports Podcast, and a lot going on in the world of sports. As everyone knows, um, the Browns played the Broncos this past weekend, and congratulations, Anthony, on the W. Thank you very much. And uh, the Browns once again proved to the world why they're the most dysfunctional organization in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I um, you know, I missed the first couple minutes of the game. I had to do some, I do some errands after this coming weekend. Um, I settled in and watched the rest of the game. And I said last week I'd be shocked if the game was competitive. I thought the Browns would come in and blow them out. I just, I just thought the back end of the Browns schedule set up to be easier. Um, it looked that way on paper. Again, then again, the games aren't played on paper. Uh, I was not expecting an aggressive Denver attack on offense. So things we have not seen before. Um, it's amazing what happens when you have a mo- a mobile quarterback in that system. Uh, I thought the Broncos took the fight to the Browns. Uh, I'll be honest. I thought the Broncos offense took the fight to the Browns. Um, the thing that really – the game comes down to this. Denver out-big-played the Browns and ran zero plays in the Browns' red zone. The Browns ran 16 plays in the Broncos' red zone for 39 yards, and they got 19 points. Yeah. Um, just big plays, unable to tackle, and suspect play calling throughout the ball game. Oh. Um, makes it very difficult to win in the NFL. Nick Chubb had 10 carries going to the fourth quarter. Nick Chubb was on the on the, the sideline the last two plays on, on third, third and, three and fourth, and fourth down. And one. Which went made, inside the five when you're trailing which by five. I'm not complaining about, but uh, <laughs> I sat there. You know, I watched the game. Let me. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. I was watching the game. I was three things went through my mind. One was before the game, as I mentioned last week, the Browns beat up the like the 75th quarterback in the NFL when they played the Jets. Yes, I came into this game. Well. Guess what? We got the 99 back this time. <laughs> so we should be able to handle the situation. I don't understand the Browns' defensive th- philosophy. You've got a young quarterback, mm-hmm. and they refuse to heat him up. Even to, even to fake a goddamn blitz. I mean, they just said, oh, you want to run to the left side? Go for it. You want to yep. do a naked bootleg? Go for it. Is Wilts? I. I, I it's just competency in Cleveland. I don't know what happens when <laughs> competent NFL coaches come to Cleveland. They just lose their freaking mind. And it's just it's mind-boggling. Anyway, so I thought, well, we have the advantage at quarterback because even our quarterback ranked at 32 is a lot better than 99. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, and... As you mentioned in your little opening there, the Broncos actually had a plan. Showed some wrinkles they haven't shown before. And they executed their plan. Yes. Lindsey had a good game running the ball. The Browns can't stop the run. He ran the ball well. No one wanted to touch him. Um, we had a, a safety do death threats after the ball game on social media. Yeah, that. And he was released today in Whitehead and... Uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, the circus is out in Cleveland. and It's outrageous. And, it's just, and it just amazes me. And it's easy to say now 
And, you know, this was my concern early in the yes, you did. season. Yep. I said, we just don't know what we have in kitchens. Mm-hmm. Is he ready for this? Um, it was a clown show. It really was. We had an, a wide receiver with clown shoes on, for Christ's sake. Um, Two of them, yeah. Yeah. And it was... What? You have three players on this team that are playmakers. You have... Beckham, Landry, and Chubb. You have a quarterback that needs to get the ball to those three players throughout the ball game. Now, I can teach a five-year-old basic football, and he knows to get the ball to your playmakers. We have a head coach, an offensive coordinator, and a coaching staff that says, we're playing keep away from our best players. They're not allowed to have the ball, and we're going to put in lesser players in big plays. It just, I've lost total faith in this organization moving forward because you knew what you bought when you bought Beckham. You knew the what he does. Mm-hmm. You knew he wasn't going to show up to training camp or the, you know, OTAs, the OTAs and, yeah. and all that. You knew that ahead of time. Fine. Uh, you had your coach possess his love to him or, you know, before the season begins and, then you get into the training camp, and we're going to have a rough tar- training camp, and it looked like that was happening. And, and Baker made some great throws and looked mm-hmm. like he was on. But since week one, we've seen Baker Mayfield re- regress ridiculously. Yes. Uh, he does not. One thing I've noticed is I don't know if it's the coaching philosophy or if it's his inability but I've never seen him check down and out of a play that's called. Not once have I seen him audible. Not once have I seen him pick up second or third receivers lately. Mm-hmm. It's like that fourth down play. It's like it was going to be over the middle to Landry or nobody. And your best playmaker is on the sideline and he has two steps on the defensive back and you won't throw it up to him. The guy can catch it with one finger for good sake. Yep. He's, he's just the most ridiculous pass catching person in the world everybody and knows if the ball's close to him he can make a play and he made a couple amazing catches in this ball game yes he did uh, and and it just blows my mind away that you have these kind of talented players you have a possession receiver in landry who should be open almost every any, time anytime you need to get him open and he got his first touchdown thank god and which is royce but it's amazing you're talking about this we have Beckham and Landry each through eight games, one touchdown. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. That's it's ridiculous. unbelievable. How does that happen? How does that happen? Let me let me ask you this, because I'm sitting there, and the fourth quarter started to worry me because you could tell Denver was getting tired. The tackling wasn't there. It wasn't great. Chubb was running over guys, running through guys. Um, Beckham started to make his uh, make his presence known against who I still believe is a very good cornerback, Chris Harris. I, you know, he's had a really good career, uh, a good year coming off injury last year. If Mayfield throws that ball up and it's incomplete, I, I feel like some Browns fans looking at happy you lost the game, but at least give your best player a chance. Here's a perfect example of what you're talking about. You go back to the first quarter where the Broncos get the first touchdown. Yes. Allen throws it a pass that 
Cortland Sutton is a is unbelievable a catch. Sutton makes a superb all star type catch to make to bring them mm-hmm. the touchdown. And that's what a playmaker wide receiver should be able to do. We never gave our receivers never gave an opportunity to do that. And the one time he had, he never even looked at him. And that's concerning. And that's the problem. I think that's, you know, tackling. Obviously, the game's about tackling, and we talk about that all the time. And the Browns don't know how to tackle. They missed three tackles on, no on a 75-yard touchdown, yeah. touchdown run after the catch by, by Fant, and there was nobody around him. It was it was just pathetic. I mean, there was there's a reason why you're two and six. And we're seeing I hate saying this because we're only eight games into the season. There's eight more games to be played. But you're seeing a coach that's overwhelmed. Oh totally. And you could tell after the game that he had And no now clue. You, here's the thing. You have nowhere to turn. You can't I've said this before. Who are you gonna replace him with? There's nobody on, on this staff, staff yeah. to replace him. I'm not replacing him with Wilkes. No. No, he told me he can do last year in Arizona. Nothing. Uh, Even though that team was, you know, not very good to begin with. But I agree. You know, there's just so many problems right now with this team on and off the field. It. The offensive line is a joke. We've been worried about it since week one. They've been blown out in, in multiple games this year. They played one complete game at Baltimore, and that's it. And in there, they had a couple big plays. Yep. Against the Jets in that win, they just played a really bad team, and they beat them up, and they made some big plays, including Beckham Beckham. with the big run after the catch for the touchdown. Uh, That's, you know, Beckham's starring role with the Browns is against the Jets. Since then... He's done nothing. Well, yeah. They haven't got on the ball. I mean, you have to make an effort to get this guy the ball. Yep. They, They did in the first game. Yes. And they did against the Jets. But they haven't. They did it somewhat against the Broncos. They, at least he was getting. There was games where he got one or two freaking targets. That's just not possible. When and it's just it's utterly ridiculous. When the game was on the line, um, and it was twenty four twelve, Browns had a really nice drive. Good on make it twenty four nineteen. I'm thinking to myself, they're forcing Denver to score touchdowns. Denver usually does not do that. They don't do that consistently. You know. Um, when Denver needed plays, it was Philip Lindsay out of the Wildcat. We haven't seen that before yet this year. Or they were just feeding uh, Philip Lindsay on straight. They still plays. Well, that was so predictable. Yeah, I mean, you see the guy line up a quarterback yep. who's never been in there all season. And that's long. what boggles my mind is how these teams see these Wildcats. You know for a fact, it's a if Philip Lindsay or anybody else is in the backfield, he is not handing the ball off on a jet sweep. He is keeping it, and you can see the way it's pulled. And look, I, I love the play call. It was the first time we've seen it all year. It, it, it was the perfect play call because I was screaming at my TV, why are you calling timeout to stop the clock for the Browns? And they made the perfect play call. But you're right. Everybody in the stadium knew. If you knew and I knew that 30's keeping the ball around left end, you can't tell me that Miles Garrett or Wilkes or Kitchens or anybody in the Browns can't see that? Obviously not. Simple as that. Obviously not. Tim, if I see that... I'm bringing 11 guys in the damn box. At least 10. Like I said, the defense blows my mind away. They, 
be interested to see how what I haven't heard about Vernon and his injury. If he's how healthy he'll be going forward. Garrett seems has hit a wall because teams are now taking him away. Yes, and he's had a phenomenal season, by the way. He's uh, we a have nice no linebackers. We have absolutely no linebackers. Our D backs have been out all season long. Two of them came back, and Greedy couldn't make a freaking t- tackle. And then we struggle with it, LSU. And uh, so, I mean, they are what they are. Uh, last week, I said five and eleven. I'm not even sure they'll win those five games. And I was counting two against Cincinnati and one against Miami. That's where I got my five and eleven from. They'll get five. I don't know if they can beat those teams. They will. I don't know if they, they can. can. I've lost total they faith can. in them. They can. They they should beat Cincinnati twice. I'm not sure they will. They should Miami's beat. Ball, they fight. should beat Miami. But I'm not think. I think all, I've been I've been teasing all my Miami fans all season long because I thought there was no way the Browns yep. could be worse than Miami this year. I've been teasing them relentlessly. Here's what, I, and we're one game better than they are halfway see. through this season. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Here's what I see. Um, I have not watched a ton of the Dolphins because they're not showing. They're here tanking often. for Christ's sake. But I'll say this: they do play hard, considering their record. That's coaching. You but, can't say that about the Browns. That's level of coaching and all that, but that's not. Look at what the Browns. I look at Kitchen and I see a guy who's clueless. He's lost. Well, he's in over his head. Here's a guy who was never a coordinator until the last eight games last season. When you had nothing and to lose. Prior to being those eight games, his responsibility was a maximum of four players. When he was the tight end coach years yep. ago, four players. When he's been a running back coach last year, four players. Uh, the offense, okay, it doubled in size. Tripled in size and responsibility. You had a lot more to do, but you had an offensive line coach. You had wide receiver coach. You had a quarterback coach to work with you. Uh, obviously, the quarterback coach from last season's gone. The offensive coordinator, who you are, is gone as the head coach. You bring in Munkin. Munkin sure hasn't done any damn damn thing to make this th- thinking that you're a good offense. Uh, this they have had turnover, and I'm not sure it was good. Uh, you know, say what you want about Hugh Jackson, and I'm not defending him. Yeah. At least he had coaches around him that you believed when that time came, somebody could take over. Because uh, we all knew that was going to yes. happen. This coaching staff has not, not this coaching staff is bad. And where they go from here, I don't know. Obviously, the the Mike McCartney rumors are out there because of the connection to Dorsey and and the Packers, and he's available. Uh, I'm throwing a wild card out there. I've always talked about Urban Meyer. Meyer. Yep. If Urban Meyer is going to make a shot, take a shot at the NFL today. I mean, this is his last chance. Yes, this is it. This is it. I mean, either he stays retired, takes a college job, or goes to the NFL. And this is it. I mean, he has you know five to ten years left in his in his coaching career mm-hmm. if he chooses. I mean, I don't know what his heart is, heart and all that. I know he's moved to L.A. to be on Fox. Yep. And everyone's talking about him taking over UCLA or USC. USC yeah. You know, in in the future. Well, anything that's possible. I'm not denying that possibility. The Browns should and probably will move on from Kitchen. There's a guy from Ashtabula, Ohio. 
Yep. There's a guy who coached and won a national t- championship at, at Ohio, Ohio State. State, who won a national championship at Florida multiple times. It's time. If you're going to reach out and do it, it, he might be the guy. I'm just, right now, just utterly disappointed and frustrated because um, I'm sick and tired of being 5-11 and 11 at best. I'm just sick and tired of it. It makes me want to Nauseated, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, here's a coach in Kitchen who made a decision that we're going to go for it, you know, on third down, and he ran his second best running back and he gets stopped two yards yeah yeah you needed three but that's you get the two. pack if we run now if you had chubb in there could have been a difference i know Absolutely. i would have had that i rather had chubb in there than than hilliard if i was passing the ball i understand but that was a run play tam if i'm the browns i'm turning around and give nick chubb two carries for three yards well uh, again i have no problem with the quarterback sneak i don't think it was a bad call I think it was actually a good call. I think he probably did get to the forty yard line and got knocked back and got a bad spot. But you got to understand, you're not going to get that call overturned. It never gets overturned. No, no that's a bad challenge. That's on the head coach. Well, it was, it was an important part of the game. Well, guess what, coach? That timeout was an important part of part of the yep. game too. So it was uh, at the end of the game, they they had three and a half minutes to run out. And it was no big deal. So yeah, well, you need one first down. That's it. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. And you had a quarterback who hasn't started a game in four years at any level beat you. Yeah, uh, a quarterback no one even heard of, other than his father, that they showed a hundred times in the stands. <laughs> God bless him. Uh, his two brothers in the NFL did really well. All the Allen brothers at quarterback. <laughs> Or just like Mannings, they're <laughs> phenomenal. Oh, you they're not related. You know, Josh Allen's not related. <laughs> Jesus, Pete's God. So it was that a, was uh, freaking. I mean, it was it just was a pathetic. frustrating Sunday evening for you. Oh, I tell you, it was just a bad football weekend. Just absolutely yesterday a, salvaged what was a shitty football weekend for me. It was just an absolute disaster of a weekend. All I gotta say, every year for many years. Being a Youngstown State, Ohio State fan, I always had Jim Trussell. When he was at Youngstown State, he knew 95% of the time you're going to have a, a really, really good, good year yep. and have a, you know opportunity for something special. And obviously, those close the, games yeah, against well, Marshall the, and Cincinnati uh, don't seem too bad anymore. Well, no, I never cared about that. My point is the six championship appearances and all yep. that. I mean, it was just a phenomenal run. He goes down to Columbus. The run continues down there with three national title appearances, yep. winning one of them. Uh, we had a Buckeyes back. So if the Browns suck, I had the Buckeyes. Yeah. You know? Now we're back in the same damn scenario. The The Penguins suck. The Browns suck. <laughs> but thank God for the Buckeyes. And uh, that's all I got to say. Thank God for the Buckeyes. And thank God that there's no more bye weekends left for the Buckeyes because I can't. I have to have something to watch, <laughs> something to cheer something. for, something to actually believe in, and it was just—it was just an ugly, ugly football weekend uh, in Northeast Ohio, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, Saturday was absolutely miserable. I did not enjoy Saturday at all. Uh, Sunday yesterday was nice. I was not expecting that. Uh, it's, look, you're still two and six. You're you a bad football team, but it's nice to see you fight. We can get the Penguins a win if they get to play the Browns. <laughs> 
I'm going to say this, and I don't want to pile on, but at least when the game was on the line for the Broncos this year, they don't win all of them. They've lost a lot of really kick-in-the-gut losses. But Philip Lindsay more often than not is getting the football. And I'm okay with that. Um, I'll say this about Brandon Allen. That kid has stones. And he he manned up and, you know, he made the plays when needed to. Um, really, really pleased with yesterday. And, look, it was a bad team. The Browns were an awful football team. That's being kind. Yeah, that's that's being – I'm being kind because I know you're uh, pissed off it's and just my dad's pissed off. It's, you know what? It's not – I can accept a team that plays hard, plays well – and ends up on the wrong side of the ledger. That happens. That's where I'm at this year. Yes. And at least you see progress. At least you see something. I see a And now you actually have something to root for because you see a young quarterback come in and play well. Granted, it's one game. We won't know how good or bad Allen will be for the Broncos for, 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 for a while. Yeah. But obviously... Between him and Flacco, it's a huge difference. You oh, see, absolutely. You can see an aging quarterback versus a young quarterback. You can see the players around him just elevate their game. Well, that's just like last year with the Browns. Browns didn't have a quarterback. Da, da, da. Next thing you know, Baker Mayfield enters the ball game against the Jets. You end up winning the game, ending the losing streak. You yeah. got momentum on your side. People are excited. The, the whole town's excited. The whole Northeast Ohio's excited. And that created this situation where the Browns are at right now. They made some big trades. The hype machine, yeah. Yeah, and they believed, you know, they made a big hire, and they went out of the box, and it's failed. Now the question is, how do you right the ship? And how do you move forward? And, you know, this team has faced adversity at the highest level, and any past indications in Berea, you know damn well they can't handle it. And this this organization, no matter who's been running it, fails. And now my question for the Browns going forward is really the Haslam's. Because they've been good. I've been the biggest critic of the Haslam's since they owned the team. Mm-hmm. They did everything right this past year. Yes. They brought in Dorsey when they knew the team was failing. They needed an NFL guy. And then when he took over and went into the draft, Drafted his quarterback and yep. Baker Mayfield. They're tied together. You know, he was hamstrung and had to keep Jackson. All right, he kept Jackson. He got rid of Jackson halfway through the season. And Williams took over with Kitchen. And they got they had a really successful second half of the year. Yep. And that brought optimism. And then you made the trade for OBJ and a few other moves. You had another drafting class that, you know, you were excited about. And they've been quiet this whole time. They've handed the keys to Dorsey. We also know this is the Haslam's. Yep. So sooner or later, they're going to grab that key back. And I'm not saying Sashi Brown's coming back, (laughs) but who knows what may happen. And that's my concern going forward because... It's like Ted Steffian area of the, of the Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers. You just don't know what's going to happen next. And I want to have faith in the Haslam's. I do. I want them to be the owners and, and be successful mm-hmm. in Cleveland and, uh, you know, restore the Browns 
to the level, but they have never given me optimism as a fan of some team that, you know, honest to God, you know, between Randy Lerner and the Haslam's, it's been a really bad run. Now, the old man, Al Lerner, was fine. I mean, he wanted to win. He mm-hmm. tried to do the right things, and uh, they had some success in the early years. But since then, it, it's really fallen on hard times. And this fan and others in Northeast Ohio are, quite honestly, fed up. It's time put up or shut up. And they need offensive line help. I mean, that's the bottom line. And they threw a Hail Mary with Kitchen. And I don't know, maybe no one else wanted the job. I don't quite understand that higher today i was hoping for the best but and i don't give up on coaches this fast yeah but i have not seen anything in the last four or five weeks that made me believe that he can write the ship he can say all he wants about execution and everything else and and that's fine it's all mouthpiece when you're talking to the the media i get that i'm not here you know thinking that he's going to tell us everything that's going on but i have two eyes I observe. I've watched a lot of football in my lifetime. I'm not yep. saying I know more than they do. Just the opposite. But I know what a successful team looks and acts like, and the Browns aren't that. And, and they're nowhere close to it. That's what I said last week. I said 5-11, and 11, and I was counting it as two Cincinnati's and Miami, yeah. and Miami as wins, and I'm not sure they're going to get there. I hope they do. I think they do. I hope they surprise me with more wins than that. Um. I'm not sure they're capable of it. I I just don't know. Uh, I think there's too many personalities on this team. There are wild cards that are going to be disruptions going forward. Whitehead was one of them. You got rid of him this week because of the stupidness that he did after the ball game. Ridiculousness. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, if if there's okay, the shoes thing, I get. You know what you got in Beckham. Yeah, that's you fine. know what you get. He's going to do this all that's the time. Fine. Shoes. The same thing with with. Tio and and Okusinko, yep. you know what you bought when you get yep. a player like that. You know what you have, and I accept that. And the Browns knew what they're getting, and that's to me just silly nonsense yeah. stuff that doesn't really affect the play of the game. But when you are still in uniform and you're on your damn phone tweeting out and getting your Twitter suspended suspended and then going on Instagram to do more. And that's I guess even he uh, I heard he tweeted actually the wrong address for uh, Luke. Of course he did. <laughs> the, uh, Needless to say, it was but a, my uh, whole point is it's just it's it was an evening to, to forget in the mile high city for the Browns. You know, Dorsey <clears> has <throat> always been a um, a gambler on personalities. Yes. And we can see that in Cleveland. I mean, Cream Hunt's coming Cream back. Cream Hunt is a perfect example. Uh, Tyreek Hill is yep. a perfect example. And others over the years. Some of them went. I mean, Callaway. I mean, he's going to take talent over over personality 99% of the time. He'll then let you go, like Whitehead, what happened when he was with uh, Green Bay and others. Uh, we'll see. If you can win with hotheads or guys who are not mentally prepared to play in the NFL, maybe physically can, but mentally probably 
nope. cannot. And that is part of the game. And we'll go from there. Uh, I've been on this high horse here for about a half hour. <laughs> Enough of yeah. the Browns. Uh, that's the most frustrating scenario this going. This is the most frustrating. I've seen you about the Browns in a long time. Well, it makes no sense. I mean, I when they were 0-16, I knew how bad they were. Mm-hmm. There was no talent on that team. I'm not saying that the, the talent level of this team is so much superior oh, yeah. to the, what it was. And the talent on this team is so much superior than last season. To see them struggle like this really frustrates you because there's a big difference between being 4-4, four and 3-5, four, and five, and two and six. six. Yep. If you finish six and two the rest of the season, you finish five hundred. Yep. That's just the math. And I'm. Not and sure I that- told you last week, I'm thinking five and eleven, and that would be one of the most disappointing years. Yeah. Who cares? Five and eleven, one and one and fifteen. It's. I mean. Yeah. Uh, all you can do is hope that you can get a uh, Chase Young. You know. Uh, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Right now, that's all I care about. <laughs> uh, tank for young. That's <laughs> tank the, you for know, young. It, it's come down to that level, <laughs> tank and for young. Um, yeah, yeah. Bring in Urban Meyer and take for young. <laughs> that's my that's my new goals in life. Uh, I'm you know hey, two gold gloves in Cleveland. Uh, that's yesterday. right. How about that, huh? How about the, we'll turn we'll change the subject. Yeah, credit to uh, Roberto Perez. Um, you know. A lot of people unsure and skeptical about the Young Gomes trade. I was one of them. Can he handle it? Offensively, he showed, yeah, he hit 25 home runs. Um, battled injuries all year, knees and shoulders. But to go over 100 games and no pass balls, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, so uh, congratulations to him. Frankie Lindor, um, who missed the first month show the season and really didn't get 100% healthy until maybe two and a half, three months into the season. Um, still put up 30 plus home runs and 80 plus RBIs and uh, he won the gold glove at shortstop. Um, so some uh, personal accolades. I know you posted last night. Uh, was it 144 not opening day? Yeah. Can't wait yeah. to be there March 26th. Freezing my butt off at the corner. Uh, but I think after the football season, you well, and I you know, hey, you know, be, uh, you'll be done with the football season in your parka, God. and you'll be done. You know, you'll still have that parka ready for the first day of baseball season. Uh, you know what? I don't even put it away. Uh, my <laughs> winter pants and my boots and my gloves, Tim, I keep them out. Uh, and that's where we'll, we'll be. We'll be there together, and we'll. Uh, but you know what, though? In the middle March of March, 20, watching it, baseball, yeah, in the and snow, you know so it'll be a lot of fun, and we'll be loving every minute of it, won't we? <laughs> Well, it'll be a hell of a lot better it'll than be I feel right of, now. It'll be a hell of a lot easier to digest, won't it? You know, the best thing about baseball is the game tomorrow. Y- yep. You Football, come back, you have to wait a whole week. You could get beat 56, 17, and you got to wait a week. You could beat 17 to nothing, and you come back less 24 hours later. Yeah, I mean, sometimes less than that. <laughs> but if you get beat that bad in baseball, the chances are the next day is going to be pretty ugly, too. But you know what, though? As frustrating as baseball season can be at times during the middle of the season, we've had some fun. And it's been a hell of a lot more enjoyable than the crap that we have to put up with now. Well, I will say this. As I just talked about the Haslams, I don't talk about the Dolans that much because I think some of it has been a bad rap on them. The last th- four years? You know, I even even yeah. before that, even before that, during the, the Shapiro era mm-hmm. and that, I thought some of it was a bad rap. 
However, Frankie Lindor situation is on them. Yes, it is. It's not on Frankie Lindor. It's on them. This is not if Lindor walks away from Cleveland or gets traded from Cleveland. This is on the Dolans. Simple as that. It is not on the front office. It's not on the player. This comes down to what you want to do with your team. Yep. And how you want to run it. Every team is going to have a superstar come up through their organization and they have to make that decision. Is he or you know the face of your of your team? For example, the Browns, their face of the team is Baker Mayfield. Like it or not, it's Baker Mayfield. And until he's not the starting quarterback, which I don't see happening anytime soon, he's the face of the Cleveland Browns. LeBron James was the face of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Simple as that. You know, Kevin Love is basically the face of the Cavaliers now. Or John Beeline. You know, I'm just, well, that's the way it works in basketball. Your coach does have, sometimes is your face. Yes. When Mike Fertello was the coach of the Cavaliers, Mike Fertello was, yeah. was the face of the Cavaliers. It wasn't Brad Doherty and Mark mm-hmm. Price at that age, at that time in their career when they were breaking down. It was, they were selling Mike Fertello. Yes. And that's the same thing here. Um, if the Indians let him walk or choose to trade, trade him away him. that's on that's a reflection of dolan nobody else this is on the dolans because the marlins were able to sign their franchise player in G- john carlos stanton yes mm-hmm. G. carlos stanton excuse me and yeah they ended up trading him because the ownership changed and everything else that was that that hey i get it but they made the, they made the offer and they signed him to yep. that two hundred eighty two million dollar contract. Um, San Diego stepped up to the plate and signed Manny. Yep. And the Phillies stepped up to the plate and signed Bryce Harper. So and the Angels signed Trout. Right. And the Angels signed Trout. There's a lot of different markets there. Yep. It's it just comes down to what are you willing to do for your fan base and what are you willing to do for your organization because the truth of the matter is you're not going to get full value for Lindor in a trade market today or five years from now so it comes down to this where do you want to be do you want him for potentially the next five years we have an opportunity to build a team around him and hopefully win a world series put yourself in that best position or do you want to trade him away? And you'll get a boatload to mm-hmm. a certain level. What a level that is, again, we sometimes know, yeah. it's two, three years down the road to find out how good or bad a player may be. Um, and we'll go from there. I mean, we'll see. I Like I said, to me, the Lindor situation is not on Frankie Lindor. It's not on Antonetti or Chernoff. It's on Dolan. It's up to the Dolans to make a decision where this team goes from here with that this player. Because sooner or later, every team in baseball is going to have their superstar. Yep. And majority of them will be on a smaller market team. Now, in New York, Chicago, mm-hmm. L.A., yes, they can afford it more. There's no question about it. It has happened. 
If you happen to be a smaller market team, you have to make, you gotta make a choice. Is this the player you're gonna build around and find a way to get it done? Or are you just gonna do the opposite? And to me, Frank Lindor situation is on one, it's on the Dolans. It's simple as that. It's not on the player, it's not on the front office because I think the player in the front office, they could actually come to an agreement. Yes. I do too. It comes down to ownership and what ownership was willing to do, and we'll find out. Yeah, I can, I completely agree with you. I, uh, it, it does seem to me that if the the money is in the same ballpark, two sides can work out a deal. Um, I, I do think Linder wants to be here. I, I generally do think he wants to be here at the right price. You know, he also has a responsibility for himself to get what he feels like he's worth. When you're an athlete, you only have a finite amount of time to quote-unquote yes. cash in. And this is it right here. And, yeah, this is why this you is play the game. This is why you yep. play the game as a professional, as a professional, as a profession. You yes. And the numbers in baseball are what they are. Yes. Uh, to say he is a 20 seven to $32 million a year player is not outrageous. It is what it is. Yep. That's why baseball is going. And it's just exactly. Yep. That's where the numbers are at. And could it hamstring the Indians long-term? Well, if it does, then they have to find a way out of it and they'll, they could trade them. Yeah. Um, it's been proven that players like that can't be traded and a value player like that will, will always get people interested. Yes. Um, now, Will you trade them to the Twins? Probably not. No. But uh, the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Dodgers, the Chicago Cubs, the Chicago White Sox, the Los Angeles Angels, the Dodgers, they're all going to be interested. And there, there's a suitor out there for you. Even And the Dodgers Houston, already made it known. And Houston is another team. You know, there's so many teams that could spend the money. So my point is, and I'm not saying he's going to Houston. They have a, yes. they have a shortstop. They have a great infield. Right. I'm just saying they have the capability. Even the Rangers have the capability to pay if they wanted to. Um, so, like I said, to me, Lindor's situation going forward, it's not about Lindor. It's not about the front office. It is solely on the ownership. And if I own the team and if I was in this position, the Dolans, I would sit down with Lindor's representatives right now and hash this out and find out what it takes to get it done and just sit down and get it done spend a full weekend spend a yep. full week with them whatever it takes find out what that number See, is yeah. and start and then start the ball get, if you can get the ball rolling where you got a, a base agreement already established it's just a matter of running the numbers yep. and getting it done and we'll find out we'll find out if the Indians are that forward thinking I'm I think they are. I think they have no choice. I think for what, after what happened in the 90s, and what happened, you know, with CC uh, Sabathia and others, and yes. Cliff Lee, and, and go down the line over the years of, the, of some Tell of the best. Me. Yeah. And like I said, from the 90s, mm -hmm. the teams of the 90s, the teams of the early 2000s, mm -hmm. where they've had top-notch yes. all-star players and Hall of Famers type players that they've you know, ended up trading mm -hmm. away. And I get it. I do. Sooner or later, you have to be defined who you are as an organization. 
Yes. And in my opinion, if you sign Lindor like that, as there was a mural of LeBron James in Cleveland, it would be Franklin Lindor. Yep. That mural could be Baker Mayfield if the Browns ever became a good team. But the Indians are a good team, and the Indians are a good organization, and the Indians can pull off the ultimate goal of winning a World Series. And you have a player that you could be the cornerstone. And again, in my opinion, it comes down to one set of people, and that is the Dolans, you know, that family. They have to step up. They have to make it be known because if it's not known, then I understand why you have to entertain the trade offers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if the Dodgers come offering with five players that have legitimate Seeger and Lux and May and and they just have have a deep organization. I don't even know all the players, but my point is you got a deep organization. And if you really, truly are not going to willing to stand up, you know, if you don't do your due diligence and try to find a way to sign him now going forward for you can take him off the market. Yes then you need to pursue this. But yes, you have to do your deal diligence first and try to get this done. The Dolans and Lindor representatives need to sit down during this winter and get yes. find out what the frame mark is. And if, if Lindor is determined to go to a free agency, I get it. There's not much you can do. You may play this season out and then try to trade him, get yep. whatever you can. I understand that. You may trade him this offseason. Yep. But... You have to do diligence, and we'll see. But yeah, he's he's special, and uh, Perez is special, and I'm glad they both won the uh, Gold Glove. And we'll go forward from this team. It makes you feel good after a crappy football weekend for you, somewhat crappy for me. Um, yeah, so it's nice to see. It was a nice spot, you know. Yeah. It's it's good to talk baseball, and it's 144 it's days. Yeah. Can't wait. 144 um, days till March 26th, and we're freezing there at the corner. Let's just uh, let's just get there. Um, Amen to that. It's, it's a long time between Amen now. 144 days is a long time. Uh, I still got to get through November. There's a lot more crap uh, to watch football wise. You huh? know, as uh, Zach Jackson loves to say, we still have to get through December and Bria. So, uh, and maybe December and Bria has come early too. As he likes to say every year, um, it's just it's. I'm going back to that, but it's just shocking how bad they are. Um, Tribe and Tigers, March 26, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, single game tickets go on sale here soon. With that in mind, we're done for today. We'll talk to you again next week. Uh, check us out on our webpage, radiomvp.com. Check us out on anywhere you download your podcast please don't forget to uh rate subscribe and tell your enemies and friends about radio mvp we appreciate your support and help us grow our podcast so for anthony i am tim we'll talk to you next time right here on radio mvp go broncos